Hey, it's Clay at the Money with Clay podcast. In this episode, I want to go through a couple headlines and, you know, they all kind of came out within the general same time of one another, but they have a common theme, or at least I'm going to create a theme out of it that I think applies to a lot of people. It may not apply to you, but I, I think you may get some entertainment value out of, you know, I'm trying not to be too insensitive, but just how pathetic some of uh, the people that are entering the workforce, that are in the workforce, actually are. Um, and the, the theme here that I wanna focus on is you know, your competition. Whether you are somebody that's getting ready to go into the workforce, whether that's graduating high school, graduating college, maybe you're already in the workforce. So again, this would be competition in the sense of who you would be competing against, either for maybe a promotion, uh, for a raise, uh, you know, just trying to actually, you know, get some sort of other um, job within the, the the components of your company. But the point here is, I want to focus on who are your competitors, because that's a, you know, if, if this was a battle and you're looking at the enemy, one of the best things you can do is just try to figure out who are they, what are their tendencies, what what do they like to do, what do they not like to do, you know. And if this was sporting events, I mean, I'll, I'll just take it back to my high school football days. We would always watch film on the team we were about to play because you get to know who your competitors are. What sort of plays do they like to run? Who are their players? You know, what number player? Okay, we got to keep an eye on number seven. All right, all number eleven. He's really good. You know, you get to know who the competitors are, and that's what I want to do here because there's been some headlines that have really kind of shown a little, you know, light onto some really, just like I said, sad, pathetic scenarios. But if you are somebody out there that uh, is ready to hustle, is ready to work hard, if you are a Z of the world, who, what do I mean by a Z of the world? Well, if you go back and listen to the discussion I had with Z, uh, the title of that episode was 100 Hour Weeks for the American Dream. You know, as of the posting of this, it's, it's the most recent uh, podcast, you know, not counting this one. If you go back and listen to that, then if you are a Z of the world, you're going to crush the competition. You're going to do very well. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like it's going to be a total cakewalk. However, you'll see. Let's just get to these articles because this, like I said, it, 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 it's shining a little light here on how sad some of these circumstances and situations are. And then after that, I also want to let you know where, who the oncoming competition is and why you better keep your ax to the grindstone because the people coming behind you, you know, the you know competition that's not yet here, but who is coming, yeah, as you'll see, you know, they, uh, they're going to be bringing their A game. But let's just focus currently right now on who is in the workforce and who you may be, like I said, competing against either very soon or maybe you're already in the workforce and these are the people that, you know, maybe, uh, also getting an interview for another job or a promotion or something of that nature. But the first title here, and I'm gonna try to be um, sympathetic. I don't wanna come across as like a, a crusty, grumpy old guy, maybe I am. But what I like about this article is there's kind of a, a solid counterbalance to which I think really makes things quite black and white. But the title of this, article one in four students and maybe you've seen this already because this has been you know relatively bigger news one in four students left with PTSD so post traumatic stress disorder symptoms after Trump's win study shows 
If you're out of the country, Trump as in President Trump, the, the president of the United States. And then the subtitle says, Wounded Marine Sounds Off. So let's get to this article. A wounded veteran is sounding off on a study that found some students are exhibiting symptoms associated with post-traumatic stress disorder following the 2016 election. The study, which was released Monday by the Journal of American College Health, evaluated 769 students at Arizona State University studying psychology in January and February of 2017. About 25% of respondents reported symptoms of PTSD because Donald Trump won the election. What we were interested in seeing was, did the election for some people constitute a traumatic experience? And we found that it did for 25% of young adults, said lead author Melissa Hagan, an associate professor of psychology at San Francisco State University. Joey Jones, that's a great name. Joey Jones, a retired Marine Corps, get ready, bomb technician. So bomb technician who lost both of his legs in a bomb blast while serving in Afghanistan took issue with the survey's findings. All right, again, but let's keep things in context. A bomb technician, and he lost both of his legs. You now have people claiming to have post-traumatic stress disorder because they feel discomfort and uncertainty, Jones said. What these people felt might be a self-imposed stress disorder, but it's the equivalent to a bad hair day. <laughs> what a, that's a great quote. It's not the equivalent to putting your buddy in a bag. It's not the equivalent to trying to save someone's life and watching it slip away in the middle of combat. He said it dishonors those veterans who deal with the deliberating effects of the disorder to suggest students who disagree with President Trump's rhetoric and policies also suffer from the condition. Men and women recover daily from disorders of post-traumatic stress. And simply being upset over an election, in my opinion, doesn't rate something like that. Well said. So who are these competitions? A bunch of people that... Oh, basically poor sports. Basically people, well, it didn't go my way, so I'm taking my ball and going home. They are feeling supposedly post-traumatic stress disorder. No, they don't have it. That's a faulty study because I'm sorry, but he, let's see, putting your friend in a body bag, trying to save somebody's life, but failing and watching you know, their life slip away in the middle of a, a battle, like this person says, I could see that being a reason why you would have post-traumatic stress disorder, but boo-hoo, who I wanted to win did not win. Therefore, I'm going to put myself in the same category of a condition that veteran soldiers suffer from. Give me a break. I'm not saying, I, I will just say this, and I'm not going to name which ones, but there have been presidents elected in my lifetime that I did not want to be elected. But you know what? I'm still here. I don't know if I'm normal. That's up to for a debate, but I feel normal. I feel okay. I don't, uh, you know, you know why? Because at the end of the day, you control your life, not a politician, not external forces. Sure, they can create kind of the, the, the playing field in a sense, but at the end of the day, whatever that playing field is, it's still up to you to take full advantage of it. And that's awesome because how bad would it be if there was nothing you could do, if there was absolutely no hope, there was just, I mean, it was just totally out of your hands. That would be so 
depressing. But that's not the country we live in. And that's, there's no reason to flip out as much as some of these sore losers as some of these, yeah, I'm gonna say drama queens. So point here being, Clay, you're not being very nice. Okay, go tell that to the bomb person that had both of his legs blown off and probably, and not probably, but does suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder because some college kid, some, you know, younger kid and, you know, oh, I'm so because somebody got elected that I didn't want to be elected and I'm so scared because they're going to make my life so, you know, you want your, you want to make your life miserable, go become a bomb technician, go try to, you know, dispose of bombs. So the first kind of category you're up against just drama queens, people that are gonna just have this sort of attitude, that are gonna, I mean, as somebody that, you know, speaking from my position that that employs people, I would never want any of these people working for me. Not because maybe our politics aren't aligned, but because if they're gonna be that dramatic, if they're gonna just wave the white flag and get that stressed out over something like that, no, not to mention, I think it's very disrespectful to the armed people, you know, the veterans, the people currently serving to try to claim some sort of condition. Um, you know, I'm not saying it can't happen outside of the scope of, of war. I'm not saying that. But in this scope, give me a break. So there's one category, you know, of, of people you're up against. Drama queens, people that are just, you know, waving the white flag. And I think this goes, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory. But then I see this. And this irritates me for multiple reasons uh, as a taxpayer. Uh, but again, it, it kind of shows the quality of some of these people that are out here. So we were talking about drama queens. Now let's just talk about uh, this person who's a total scumbag. So as it states, the and this comes from CNBC, um, the other one actually came from Fox. So there we go. Well, Clay, you only picked, now, now we have basically two ends of the spectrum. We have CNBC and we have Fox. So, but this one now from CNBC, these Americans fled the country to escape their giant student debt. Again, these Americans fled the country saying, see you later, I'm gone, to escape their giant student loan debt. Chad Haig considered living in a cave to escape his student debt. He had a friend doing it, but after some plotting, he'd settled on what he considered a less risky plan. This year, he, he relocated to a jungle in India I've put America behind me, Hag29 said. He now lives in a concrete house in the village of Uchakakata. I probably didn't pronounce that right. For $50 a month, his backyard is filled with coconut trees and chickens. I saw four elephants just yesterday, he said, adding that he hopes to never set foot in a Walmart again. His debt is currently on its way to default. But more than 9,000 miles away from Colorado, Haig said, his student loans don't feel real anymore. It's kind of like if a tree falls in the woods and no one hears it. Does it really exist, he said? Oh, getting all philosophical, but no wonder why he made a statement like that. The philosophy major concedes that his student loan balance of around 20,000 isn't as large as the burden shouldered by many other borrowers but he said his difficulty finding a college-level job in the U.S. has made that debt oppressive nonetheless. If you're not making a living wage, Hag said, $20,000 in debt is devastating. Well, what's this guy's first name? I already forgot. Chad? Chad, did you ever do any research on the job market for a philosophy major? Did you ever do any research to figure out if having a philosophy major would give you the ability to pay back the loan? Did that ever cross your mind? Apparently it didn't. 
And that, I mean, that's okay. That's okay. You, you screwed up and, and you, you brought more money or you brought more debt on yourself than what, what you should have. But I mean, what's your solution? The solution is, you know what? Thank you. Uh, thank you, taxpayers. But see you later. I'm out of here. I'm just going to hang you out to dry and uh, I'll just let you foot the bill. What was I saying about scumbag? I mean, that's pathetic. That's really pathetic that, uh, again, and if you are a taxpayer, this should irritate you because guess what? You paid for Chad to get a degree to, and I'm sure he had plenty of fun in college and now all of a sudden, he's hanging you out to dry. He's hanging me out to dry with that loan and apparently this is something that's catching on. We have many students that just wanna leave the country um, and hang the taxpayer out to dry with the loan. And I've done plenty of episodes on the importance of having a game plan when you're choosing your college major and all that stuff. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rant and rave on all that. But just as another quick little, here we have more data on why it's so important to have a game plan, why it's so important to actually think things through, why within my slab money method course I have a section that's over an hour long on the college process, because I mean this is what can happen. You you literally have people where they're like, I'm just gonna move to the jungle. I am getting out of here. So please, take this you know, process very, very seriously. But let's circle back to the whole competition theme here. Are you, would you be very scared of Chad in the workplace's competition? Absolutely not. I'm not trying to be cocky, but I'm just, I'm, I'm confident. I know what I'm capable of, and I know what you're capable of. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm telling you right now, you are capable of this, and you better believe you are capable of this but I'm gonna mop the floor with Chad. You're gonna mop the floor with Chad. If he's gonna give up, if his, if his literally solution is I'm gonna wave the white flag so hard, I'm gonna, my white flag is gonna be so massive that I'm just moving to the jungle. And yeah, the, forget about the moral grounds of hanging the, the taxpayers out to dry, but you know, we won't even go, go there anymore. But if those are the type of people that apparently are out there that you're competing against, good, good. You're gonna be crushing the competition. So just remember that. We have a bunch of people that are apparently drama queens. We have a bunch of people uh, that are apparently, they just, I, I don't know what it is. They, they don't wanna work. They don't wanna actually focus on a solution. Chad, here, and here's what I mean by they don't wanna work. What do you mean he couldn't find a job? Do the, do the research. Go become an electrician, Chad. Become a pipe fitter. Be, work, work in tool and die. I don't learn how to swing a hammer. I don't know, several episodes ago, we talked about mechanics and airplane mechanics and how much money they were making. If you go back and listen to that episode, you would see that that $20,000 debt would be taken care of in a hurry. But apparently Chad doesn't want to get his hands dirty. Apparently, well, I majored in tool B. Well, I, I, that's not really philosophy. That's more of uh, literature, Shakespeare. But you know, he, he, wants to, he wants to be philosophical. I'm sure he now sits on his coconuts out in the jungle and just thinks about, the whys of the world. Why am I here? Well, you know, as an engineer and somebody that likes math, I, I, I don't need philosophy, Chad, to tell you why you're there. It was just a, not a good mathematical decision on your part. But, you know, these are the people that are out there, people that don't wanna work. You ask them to potentially even get a little speck of dirt on their hands, nope, I'm going to the jungle. Where are the coconuts at? I'm out of here. Good, good. I like, I'm glad that there's that competition out there for you, for me, because we're gonna crush those people. And once more, that's not cockiness, that's just the confidence that you need to have, that I have. And what are we, about 
15 minutes into this thing, 16 minutes in, if you're still listening, I'm assuming that we're on the same page. And if we're on the same page, then yeah, when I say that you're gonna crush people like this, um, then I, I don't think I'm offending you. I don't think it's, well, that's not very nice, Clay. You're probably thinking, yeah, good, I'm glad these people exist out there. So there we go. We have people that are just very dramatic, that are blowing things out of proportion, and then we have people that apparently just don't wanna work and they wanna give up very, very easily. And so much to the point of, if that means they have to just uh, move out of the country to the jungle to avoid responsibilities such as paying back the taxpayers, I think you're gonna be okay. You're up against some pretty lousy competition that's gonna allow you to succeed. Let's now move over to who's coming behind you. So they're not quite in the workforce yet, uh, but you hear that, you, you know, you kind of hear that rumble on the ground. This is uh, them coming. And I never really thought about it, but I, I, I came across this article and I, I, I'm buying, I, I'm buying the premise here. I think it makes a whole lot of sense. And, um, you know, like I said, competition is good. Free markets are good. So just understand that you have some quality competition coming your way. Now, of course, this is just generally speaking, but again, the, the general premise here, I think makes a whole lot of sense. So the name of this article, and it comes from Forbes, what business leaders should know about Generation Z. So we're not talking about millennials, we're talking about Generation Z. And I wasn't quite, I'm like, Generation Z. So according to this article, and as always, all these generations, uh, you know, everybody's got their little different time frames. But according to this article, it's comp uh, compromised of, not compromised, comprised of individuals born roughly between 1995 and 2010. So Generation Z ranges from grade schoolers to workers ready for their first promotion. So again, you know, that's kind of, the people that maybe you're already competing against them, maybe you are Generation Z, but you know these are the people that uh, they're coming. And the subsection here, and this is what I really agree with, and you know I never quite thought about, but values shaped by historic drivers. We are all to some extent a product of our environments, and members of Generation Z have watched their parents weather extreme market cycles. Things were humming along before the Great Recession hit, but when it did, many Gen uh, Gen Zers, as they're called here, experienced lifestyle changes as their parents had to downsize. Before too long, things were booming again, but having witnessed an extreme downturn, the next collapse is never out of sight. Compounded by a growing up in a post 9-11 world with America in a continued state of war abroad and political tumult at home, in the eyes of Generation Z, the only certainty is uncertainty. So think about that. These people have seen some very, very rough times. And these people have seen how you fight through rough times. And I, I guess I can't say this for sure, but I'm sure, or I'm assuming that the majority of their parents didn't wave the white flag and say, we're going to the, we're going to the jungles of India, kids. I hope you like coconuts. I, you know, like I said, I, 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 I don't have any data, so I could totally be wrong. But I'm assuming that what they saw was parents saying, well, as you saw here, sacrifice. I mean, hey, you know, we have to downside. We have to weather the storm. We're going through some tough times here. We gotta, yeah. I'm assuming they didn't see anybody saying, oh, goodness. And honestly, I would argue that these people would have a lot more reason to throw up the, the you know, the PTSD card. Because I mean, when the recession hit, I mean, the markets got crushed and I can see that really stressing and freaking people out. But people fought through it. And these Generation Zs, 
they watched their parents fight. They watched their parents sacrifice. They watched their parents do what needed to be done. They watched their parents find solutions. And again, I don't have the data, but I feel very confident. And I'm assuming in the vast, vast majority of cases, the solution was not running away from the country, right? They, they've witnessed how things need to be done when things get tough. So when you are competing against those people, they're kind of showing up with a much different perspective. They're showing up with a perspective of, you know, life isn't always guaranteed. Life isn't always easy. I've seen some rough things. I remember this as a kid. I remember that growing up. I remember when my parents had to do that. I remember this sit down conversation and it wasn't pleasant, but you know, my parents got through it. They helped me get through it because they focused on solutions. They went out there and did what needed to be done. And that's just their mentality now towards, towards the workplace, towards life in general. And that's great. I think that's very encouraging for you know the culture coming up is you have uh, these kids that are going, they have a much different perspective. Uh, you know, for me, there was never anything that really shook me, you know, that I can think of as a kid. I mean, from a, uh, you know, the Great Recession, that was definitely a very historic and intense time. Um, and you know, to now I lived through it, but I didn't live through it as, living at home. I was out on my own, you know, I was married, I was in the workforce, I was, you know, you know, starting my whole, you know, journey as kind of an entrepreneur and such. So I didn't have it though from a from an at-home perspective. So keep that in mind. You know, you, you have a great, like you said, my data point for you is if you're still listening, there's something upstairs where you're like, yeah, I, I, I wanna succeed. I, and I, I, I wanna just put the ax to the grindstone, no excuses, I'm not a drama queen, I'm not gonna wave the white flag, I'm gonna focus on solutions, and my solutions are not just totally bailing out um, you know, and, and moving out of the country. But, so I don't wanna, I'm not, well, I guess I am trying to scare you a little bit, but scare you in a good way, saying, just keep up your A game, keep up your A game, because you have some people that, um, it sounds like they're gonna be bringing their A game. Like I said, this is just this person's opinion, but I, I think there's a whole lot of sense um, you know, that, that goes into what this person is saying. And, you know, these people, when they, you know, trickle more and more into the, the workforce, they're, you know, if something rough happens, they're going to fight. They're, they're going to, they're going to try to get stuff done and you're going to fight though, too. And it's going to be a good competition, but just realize that this is what's coming your way. So keep on your A game. So with that being said, I, I hope I got my point across. Um, and like I said, maybe if you're older or you're, this doesn't necessarily pertain to you, you got some value out of these headlines um, and articles. But be confident in yourself. Realize that you are a step ahead of the competition, assuming, of course, you don't fall into these categories. Now, if you think I'm the biggest jerk ever, if you're agreeing with these people, then yeah, I, I look forward to doing uh, to doing battle with you in the, in the workforce or in, in life uh, because I think I'm gonna win. In fact, I know I'm gonna win because I'm not gonna wave the white flag and move out of the country uh, if something doesn't go my way. Uh, but if you are in agreement with me, awesome. Have faith in yourself, work hard. You are a step above a lot of the competition out there. Um, and like I said, this is not just me trying to offer up motivational speeches. Hey, you're better. No, here's the data. Here's the data. There's uh, there's some people out there that I guarantee you're gonna be uh, you'll be able to get better than. But also, according to the data, according to well, I guess this isn't data, but overall thought processes, which I would agree with. There's definitely uh, people coming that are gonna bring their A game. So be ready for it. But get out there. Make sure you have a strategy. Make sure you have your your, your pieces in play, and you're gonna be just fine.
Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there, and I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the Slab Money Method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.